Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Salon Can Talk About Anything. I can't believe I just said hello, everyone, again. I am trying so hard not to say that, but I said it. Um, this is actually a This Salon Can Talk About Anything with any one episode, but um, it's actually just episode 32, and if I hadn't taken like eight weeks off, I would be like 10, 12, 12 weeks away from a whole year of me um, coming out your speakers for a year that's kind of nuts. Um, so I told you I'd have a guest this week, and I do, and I'm really excited about him. I'll tell you a little bit more about him in a minute. Unfortunately, I have to preface this um, pod by letting you know that blonde moments happen, and unfortunately, this interview is one of them. Um, my mic was plugged in, and everything was was working great, until I played the interview back and came to the realization that it was the computer that was picking up my voice. So it kind of sounds like I'm talking into a tin can. Not proud of it, but I am super proud of my guest and super excited for you guys to discover him. His name is just Beckett. One word, amazingly talented, 17 years old. And when you hear his song, Weirdo, you're going to be like, hey, this is totally me. I can totally relate to this. And if you can't, well, then I'm questioning everything about you. <laughs> Luckily, Beckett's sound is loud and clear. So we're just going to pretend like I don't sound like I'm talking into a tin can. Um, Beckett is the protege of Pierre Bouvier's Simple Plan, who I, uh, you know, as a Canadian grew up listening to and uh, you know I admire him tremendously to this day I admire the entire band tremendously to this day and probably forever and so I think it's a beautiful thing that Pierre is like you know mentoring kids and you know bringing them to prominence because old music is great but we do need a new generation who's willing to make you know great music Beckett is the son of uh, Malcolm McDowell, who you know from A Clockwork Orange. If you've never seen A Clockwork Orange, just don't listen to my podcast. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Um, but he doesn't want to be known for being Malcolm McDowell's son, which I think is a really beautiful thing because it means he really wants to earn this on his own. So Beckett and I are going to have a chat. You're going to listen to it and um, maybe get a little private performance of weirdo i don't know you'll have to listen <laughs> and um yeah he's just i just really i'm gobsmacked when i talk about beckett or even to beckett because i just think he's so talented and i admire that and i love that about him the music video for weirdo um will be out now so you guys can check that out on the youtube and the song is available everywhere when they're wherever it is you get your music this is a fun interview like so much fun and um i want you to listen to the whole thing even though it's a bit long we were just having a conversation and that's what i love about this one can talk about anything is that we're not interviewing we're just having a conversation we are chatting i am not a journalist i'm an actress who really likes to talk so uh, with no further babbling from me, here is the interview with Beckett, my absolute favorite weirdo. How, How are, are you? you? Great. Good. How are you? 
I'm good. I'm so excited to have you here. You must be just out of school, right? Uh, kind of. Well, actually, I don't really, I go to, I do online school, so I kind of just have mom on my own schedule. Oh, okay, cool. I was just counting, like, what time I would get out of school. Sorry, an alarm went off. I don't know why. It's a fire Hello? alarm. It's a fire alarm. No, um, I, I'm just really excited that to have you here. Like, but you're fine. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, the honor is mine. So a lot of people, you know, you're Beckett. They don't know who that is, but they're going to know very soon uh, <laughs> because you're going to blow up because that song is just, just good. Um, so tell me how, like, introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about how that song kind of, you know, came into existence. Yeah. Um, well, hi, I'm Beckett. <laughs> um, I'm just using Beckett as my name because, you know, my dad is Malcolm McDowell, but I I didn't want to use McDowell just because it associates with him and, I, so my real name is Beckett McDowell, but I'm Beckett, just as publicly known. And yeah, Weirdo, uh, it came to be because my little brother, Finn, uh, plays. So actually, I'm neighbors with um, Pierre Bouvier from Simple Plan. And, you know, he, he sings a lot of classics from like the 2000s. And he just happens to be neighbors with me. And um, during COVID, you know, golf was kind of the only thing like people could do really like for like, I don't know, like old dudes, like they just go play golf. <laughs> and uh, my little brother happens to be an old dude, kind of. I mean, he's like, he's 15, but he, he, he acts like an old dude. So he loves to, he's like a scratch golfer and he's really good at it. His name's Finn. And um, yeah, he, he, I was like, I, so I had written an album well, I didn't completely write it. I co-wrote it with my buddy Luca and Adam and some other people. And um, Danny Muller produced it. Uh, and um, Mike Dirt from Green Day, actually, uh, he was the one who kind of pushed me to do it. And he 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 gave me he he gave me all the contacts and everybody. So thank you for that. Um, thank him for that. But um, yeah, uh, I gave Finn the CD and it was a 17 song like album and everybody was kind of um, bummed out because everybody had to go find a CD player. Nobody had, everybody's like, Oh, I just threw this away. And then, but anyway, so I gave Pierre the CD and he somehow hooked it up to his, um, he's got a really nice vinyl record collection and he's got really cool speakers. And uh, he, I guess he somehow connected it through like an old DVD player. He's kind of, he's uh, he's good at Jerry rigging things. And um, so he played it. And I didn't hear from like two weeks and then there was a part. And then, so I didn't hear anything. And like two weeks later, I, I, I got a call or a message back or Finn actually told me that Pierre loved the album and he wants to talk to me. And it just so happens, uh, it just so happened. There was a little, um, Mike, our friend was having a, a party at his beach house that night. Um, you know, we had a little bubble of people we'd hang out with during COVID during lockdown. And um, it just, so uh, Pierre happened to be there and um, I, I sang uh, I sang House of the Rising Sun and Pierre decided he wanted to work with me. And uh, yeah, and then he, he had a Simple Plan song called Weirdo. And, you know, it was a pop punk song originally. It was like, hey, yo, I don't care if you're a weirdo, something like that. And uh, <laughs> And I, uh, he's like, we got to make it more poppy. So he made it, a, he changed it from the key of major to minor. And yeah, and then I wrote the bridge and um, 
you know, he he and um, Nick, a guy named Nick Bailey and uh, the drummer of Simple Band Chuck, wow. uh, they also they wrote it too. But yeah, anyway, that's how Weirdo came to be. Um, just curious, how do you think Sierra's gonna feel if he hears mm-hmm. this and hears you calling him an old dude? He knows. <laughs> he definitely knows. No, he's actually not old. He's only like forty-two or something. He's not that old. I'm Canadian. So I actually, um, I used to watch Pierre like before Simple Plan blew up and mm. I was a big fan and I was a big fan. I know all their songs. And Chuck is joining me next week, which I'm so excited about because um, have you met, have you met Chuck? Have you guys hung out? I, I actually have never met Chuck. Um, I have, I've only met Pierre out of the Simple Plan dudes. I um, He follows me on Instagram and we've like said, hey, nice job, but. That's about it. I've never really, I've never met him. He's been up here a couple times and I've wanted to meet him, but he, um, cause we live in Ohio and in, in California and, uh, and, uh, he, uh, he's been up here and Pierre didn't tell me and then we had to meet him, but you know, I'd love to meet him one day. When I was younger, I just remember going, I went to a simple playing concert and Pierre does this whole thing where he just talks and talks and talks. He probably, he's probably done it in front of you. And he was talking and talking and talking, but he was talking because he was doing a distraction. And then all of a sudden, if you look up like the top row where there's, you know, the nosebleed seats that like mm-hmm. you, you want to be there, but you really can't afford it. Chuck went up there and he was hitting all the hands. And I was like, if I ever, you know, if I'm ever important enough, if, if like it's more important, like if I'm ever important, I want to be nice. Like he taught me that like it's more important to be nice than it is to be important. So I think it's really awesome that you have you know, these kind of people as, as mentors, especially at 17, because at 17, I don't know if you even know Simple Plan song. At 17, I was just slamming my bedroom door with, you know, shut up, shut up, shut up. It's a <laughs> Simple Plan song. So, totally. Do you know, do, are you familiar with anything at all? Simple Plan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't up until about, I was probably till 15. So, Really, what introduced me to like pop punk was Green Day. I'm a huge Green Day fan, and um, uh, and now we're good buddies with Mike from the bass player, and he's one of our best friends. And actually, it's funny he gave he just gave me this guitar pick. It's his face. I don't know if you can see it, but um, he uh, so I really got introduced to uh, pop punk by them, and I love the Ramones. I really love old music, older music. So I, I did I, I did know Simple Plan. Um, uh, I didn't actually know the name of the band who sang the songs, but I did know the songs. Like, it was funny. We were sitting, um, you know, I grew up in the early 2000s, and that was when uh, What's New Scooby-Doo, the remake of Scooby-Doo was, like, huge. And I was, I just, I, we were in the studio, me and Pierre, and I just started saying, uh, I just started, like, saying, what's your Scooby-Doo? We're going to follow you. And he's like, you know, I sing that, right? And and I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I sing it, dude. And I was super embarrassed. I was like, oh, God. But, um, yeah, and then the other Simple Plan song that I didn't know it was them, but um, you know the song Untitled, uh, How Could This Happen to Me? You know, that was a, kind of like a meme template for a while, like back in, like, 2010 or whatever. So, like, I just went, like, one time, like, I I don't know what happened, but I, I just started singing, how could this happen to me? And Pierre's like, you know, I sing that song, right? And I'm like, what? I'm like, but yeah, I, I did know them and I, I appreciate them a lot. And, you know, they have a lot of classic hits, you know, I'm just a kid and welcome to my life and all that. I mean, yeah, I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. 
and they do you know they cooperate with a lot of people they did uh that song summer paradise i don't know if you know it they did yeah. it with they did it with Kano, Sean with Sean Ball, and they did it with mkto mm. and i took it back and i was like you know what pierre you need to stop singing because the, the guy the lead singer of mkto it has like a really good tony Aller, has a really good voice and I was mm-hmm. like, Pierre, stop mic hogging. And I was always waiting for like this one second when Pierre might just shut up, but it just didn't happen. But I think, you know, Pierre is amazing for having done this for you. But I, I think this Pierre began this too, but I don't think it ends with Pierre. So um, I want to know, like, are you working on an album? Well, um, so we have, me and Pierre over COVID, you know, we worked on, we did. So basically we have eight songs ready to go so it's an ep it's not quite an album it's a little shorter it's like 26 minutes long but i i mean this might be my bias but i think personally there isn't a bad song and there might be a couple i mean knock on wood but there hopefully will be a couple of hit songs and i mean we're really proud of the work we did and uh as for an album as i said i had a seven i have a 17 song like i don't even know what to call it i don't i would i'll maybe release it one day but um you know but I'm always working on new stuff and eventually we will definitely have an album and, you know, so to answer your question as of now, no, we don't have an album, but we have an EP coming out pretty soon. I'm excited to hear it. Um, so I guess Pierre is producing it for you. What? Sorry. Pierre is producing. This yeah. Is Pierre produced the whole thing. Oh, we, wow. we, over six months, we just, we recorded yeah, it just started with um, Weirdo, and then and then we were just like, oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> and um, we're like, hey, do you want to keep working? And because of COVID, I mean, basically, so basically for six months, I saw him every day, and we just went back and just hung out and, you know, wrote songs and had dinner basically every day. And, um, yeah. So, and we recorded, we did record one song off my old album. We redid it and recorded it. It's called Oh, Olivia. But, um, yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm really excited for the world to hear it. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, it's fun. And then we also shot three music videos for, um, and uh, actually the the music video comes out tomorrow for Weirdo. I'm so excited to see the video. I just think all your concepts are so cool, and I and I think at 17 that you have the, like a wisdom that I wish I had at 17, where like yeah we are all kind of weird. Like you know I was also the weird kid like who was like you know I'm an actor, so of course I'm always doing something stupid, and people were like what is wrong with her? And you're weird, and I used to get really offended by it. And but then when I hear your song, it's like am I the weird one, or is everybody else just weird? I'm just having a good time, you know. And I think that you really you really give that that vibe and and you're very confident in in who you are and and the um you know when you sing it's just you sing with a lot of conviction back and it's really impressive at your age oh well, thank you. the conviction in your voice like i don't care if you're a weirdo cuz i'm a weirdo totally and when pierre presented the song to me i i thought it was such a cool and it's such a it's an anthem for like anti-bullying anthem it's a it's an anthem for everybody who feels like they're weird. But the the, the funny thing is, I mean, it's not funny, but the, the thing is everybody feels like they're weird in some way or has felt like they're a weird person in some way, you know? 
whether it's like little like rituals they do in like the bathroom, like they brush, they flick the light or something a million times. You know, what's that movie with Jack Nicholson? Uh, as good as it gets, where he like flicks flicks the light five times. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, I, I just I love the the uh, the message behind the song, and um, yeah, and then we wrote a couple cool ones too, where like we wrote a song called "Fix Me," which is it was a uh, basically me and Pierre. I, I did a couple videos at uh, Norman's Rare Guitars and in uh, in LA. I do videos for them all the time, and. Um, and Pierre, you know, internet trolls and stuff on our, we were just looking, we, for some reason we were just looking at it, like, and, and we had listened to, um, what's that really? Oh, the weekend, um, blinding lights. Um, and we really love that eighties kind of drum vibe to it, the like that. And, um, but so we, we were looking at these internet comments and saying like, Oh, you suck, blah, 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 whatever. And so we wrote a song called Why Is Everybody Trying to Fix Me Because I'm Not Broken. It's basically it's basically an anti-troll, stupid. Uh, anyway, it's it's a uh, uh, you know how stupid those comments can be. And anyway, but yeah. Now I want to hear that song because it sounds like yeah. it's, like I felt like you couldn't top weirdo, and now you're telling me about this. Like you really you're really gonna I think you're really gonna influence a lot of you know people your age and you know younger even probably older, but especially when you're in high school and people, they like to sort of like, you know, put you in a box and you haven't let them do that. And I love that. And yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I, I think that. You. <laughs> yeah. I think the goal, at least when I write the lyrics for songs, I like to make it, I, I don't, I mean, there's obviously exceptions, but I don't love it when songs are very specific to that person. If you know what I mean? Like the person who wrote it, like, I like it when songs can mean different, like it, it means something to the, the person listening. And it's not, it's not like the artist isn't choosing what it means. It's, it means something, you know what I mean? It means something to everybody listening. And that's, that's so like whenever I, we write songs, I keep that in mind. And yeah, I mean, we've written, yeah, I mean, I, I think every song on our album or EP or whatever you want to call it has a, has a, is, is a, it has a meaning to me and it has, it could have a meaning to everybody. And that's what I love. That's why I'm so proud of our work and the music behind it. Pierre, you know, Pierre plays everything. Cause I'm pretty, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a decent guitar player, but I, when, when you're in the studio, you got to play to a click track. So there's like a, like a, a mel, uh, what's it called? What is it called? The metronome. Yeah. Metronome. Uh, it's like in your ear. So it messes me up. So he played, I mean, he's played literally, it's just me and him in a studio about you know it's like not even the size of a bathroom it's tiny yeah and, I uh, things so i used to be i used to go in the booth too and they've got like your phones and that uh things that yeah clean. i mean there's like a little his room is so funny it's like just basically it's like a i guess a living room kind of i mean it's like it's literally like probably the size of a store like not even a storage unit <laughs> it's, oh, wow. it's very yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bathroom, a, a tiny little living room, and then there's a vocal booth. And we just, he, he, he's amazing. He programmed all the drums. You know, we didn't, he played all the guitars and bass. He did, played all the keyboard. He played everything. And I just sang. I mean, really, it's, um, it's amazing what he can do with the stuff. It's, it was actually just, it's amazing what he can do, but it's also amazing that what, like, with technology, what it, you can do now with, stuff you know it's it's crazy 
yeah, what what you can do now because you are so old. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm well, I, I'm actually useless on a computer. I yeah, can yeah. I, I'm terrible. I, I I don't like it. I'm I'm okay on my phone, but on a computer, I I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that you know Jack Nicholson movies because I have friends who are like, who's Jack Nicholson? What what's Marlon Brando? But you have um the luxury of growing up in LA where they are still very the names are everywhere, so you still you you are a very old soul though. You we we spoke and you told me that like some of your influences were like Bob Dylan and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, well my, my biggest influence would be Elvis Presley, I think. He was the reason Yeah, he would be the reason I he's the reason I started singing. I mean really I grew up the first song I ever remember listening to is called um, "It's called A Little Less Conversation" by Elvis. A little more. And um, what? A little more action, please. Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. conversation. A little more action. <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah, that I love that. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. And then you know, I grew up. My so when I remember when I was two years old, I was sitting in my mom's with my mom in her in the bed, and uh, we were watching American Idol and. Um, this Elvis impersonator came on and I asked her who is Elvis. And she told me obviously, and then, but he did it. And I don't know why. And I, 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 for some reason, just so vividly remember this moment. And I sat and I looked at her and she goes, yeah, he's called the King of rock and roll. It's, it's, he's like, he's one of the greatest of all time. And, and she, uh, I looked at her, I was two years old. This is what she told me. And I said, it's a good thing Elvis is dead because they call me the King. Oh wow! <laughs> I so said that when I was two years old to my mom, and you know, I just my mom used to. And it's less my dad. My dad um, later kind of influenced my music taste, but in the beginning it was really my mom because she loves like all that old fifties or early the the beginnings of rock and roll. Like she loves um, Elvis and Buddy Holly and um, Chuck Berry and uh, Eddie Cochran and all those guys and, uh, you know, the big bopper, who else? I don't know, Richie Valens. But um, she, uh, I used to sit like at three or four years old and watch all the old Ed Sullivan tapes of Elvis and Buddy Holly and, and like watching Elvis sing Hound Dog to a Hound Dog was so cool to me. Like I just stuff like that. And that's what influenced my music taste growing up. And, um, and then when I hit about like 10 or 12 years old, I can't remember exactly, but, I started listening to, because there always used to be a uh, debate in my house. Uh, I'd always say Elvis was the best, and my dad would always say it was the Beatles. And then um, <laughs> and then me and my mom would kind of, because my mom loved loves both, but, but loves probably Elvis a little more. And um, we'd always like, because, you know, the Beatles were so heavily influenced by Elvis and by um, Buddy Holly. And um, it was just so funny. Um because we'd get in these really heated arguments about with my dad about who's better. And we'd find like pictures of John Lennon wearing like Elvis t-shirts and like all this stuff. And it was just, you know, stuff like that. But when I hit about 10 years old, I discovered the Beatles and, and then, you know, my music taste has evolved and just, I, yeah, I mean, between Elvis and the Beatles, I could go on forever. <laughs> you know, when I was like maybe eight years old and my grandpa went, I don't know where he went. He went somewhere. And he came back and he gave me a clock. It was an Elvis clock with the legs that go back and forth. And he was like, do you know who this is? And I was like, yeah. Like, I knew who it was. But I wasn't like, I wasn't like you. I wasn't that familiar. 
um, with the music, actually, my favorite Elvis song is probably Suspicious Mind for some reason. I mm-hmm. see it in a way. Um, I think it's amazing that at your age that you're influenced by someone who's been gone longer than you've been alive. Yeah, I tend to I tend to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. Like as I said, I'm an actor, and I will I like you. I there's not a Marlon Brando, you know, uh, an interview that I haven't watched or a film because I feel like when you're watching or in your case listening to people who did it before all this technology that Pierre has in his bathroom, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> they really had to rely on their talent. Like there was nothing to sort of totally smokescreen it. And now totally. there's so much And I watched a documentary on Brando, because funny enough, my mentor's husband, um, her husband is Aaliyah Kazan's son, and he actually discovered Brando and made several movies with him. And he told me, like, there was nothing Brando couldn't do. And in a documentary where they released Marlon's private tape, which I wish I'd never listened to because I didn't know he didn't want people, you know, to hear it, he mm. actually predicts CGI. And he actually yeah. says when that starts happening, we will see the end of the need for an actor. The kids are going to be, the, the, the actors are going to be in the computer. It's not going to be real. Now, totally. you have an amazing voice, like genu- genuinely a good voice. It's not, it's not, you know, played with. I heard you sing just on Instagram. Thank they, you. You're welcome. People on the radio today that have like hit signals, they don't do that. They are, they are full totally. of options. And it's like, how do you, like, did you auto-tune it at all? Um, No, I think most of it's raw, but, you know, I think um, just for, like, there might be, like, a tiny, tiny, I mean, everybody has a tiny bit of auto-tune just because it, for, just because it, just to stay, like, sometimes you just go, like, not really to the human ear, you can't really hear it, but, like, just to, just to make sure. I mean, you, because it's, I, I don't know how really to describe it, but it's like, you know, you're trying to stay within the, the, the line, right? And if you go, you can go tiny bit out of the line. But for the most part, I, I, I don't use autotune, no. It's amazing to me when you see, like, I've seen Pierre live uh, many times. Actually, I went to see Pierre live when I had tonsillitis, which is highly contagious. Don't recommend it. He <laughs> sounds pretty much the same. When totally. He, he, he is actually. I have to say, he like, because we always sit, like, we have a group of buddies who come over. Sometimes we go, he has a fireplace we go around. He sings, and he, um, if he wasn't into pop punk, uh, he would be a great country artist. He's got a really great country voice. Yeah, and he, and he's, like, just a really great singer. Actually, I think he, I think his records don't even showcase how good of a singer he is, um, compared, comparatively to, um, what he does around the campfire. I mean, he's got like, his voice is more, um, cause you know, singing pop punk, it's very like, how could this happen to me? Kind of like that. And, wow. but when he sings, he kind of lets go of that a little more. He's got a really great voice. I always say that to my mom. Yeah. Um, I, I would never tell it to him. I'd never tell him to his face, but you know, you're telling me that for all these years, Pierre Bouvier has been lying to me about how talented he actually is. He's he's incredibly talented, dude. There's no like <laughs> Welcome to My Life actually is a is a kind of good showcase of his voice, I think, you know. But um even then it's kinda of whiny. You know, I mean not whiny in a great way though. I mean it's it's the sound of the music and I and I think he it's iconic and um, you know, 
that's just the genre. But like when he when he doesn't do that, like you know, uh, not wine, but more like you know that pop punk vibe. You know, when he just kind of lets loose, and it's just him and an acoustic guitar. It's really beautiful, and he does a cover of a his song called Astronaut. It's uh, all the it's so sweet because all the you know all the people have kids, and all the kids come around and they sing it and it's so sweet to see and they love it and he's just great you know he's just an entertainer but what's so funny is that he's he's an entertainer and he's immensely talented but he's so humble and he's so and he, he would if he wasn't like if he didn't have a guitar in his hand you'd have no idea he played guitar and you had no idea he sang and that's just what's so cool about him you know he's just a normal dude he's saying for my mom for christmas he's saying jet lag half in english and half in french and oh, cool. I agree with you. He sounded a little bit different. But what my favorite part was, he forgot the words. <laughs> yeah. Those are not. And I was like, I'm so sorry. That, yeah, I, I never knew that about him. I thought that, you know, simple plan, I think why I liked them and why so many people, you know, sort of gravitated to them is when you're 17, sometimes you're carrying around a lot of pain and anger that you don't really know why you're in pain or you're angry. Personally, I was in, you know, my grandpa had died when I was 10 and I was in so much pain and their music was angry, but at the same time, it was telling me like, you know, you're going to be okay. So that's kind of why I went with them and I really liked them. But I, I honestly think that you are going to be that person for so many people. And I don't, do you recognize, are you aware of how how, gifted you are? (laughs) Well, thank you. I, I don't know. I just. I just sit and play guitar and listen to old music. That's how I think of it. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think of myself as super great. And you know, I mean, David Bowie thought he had a terrible voice. The only reason David Bowie was an artist was because he could get nobody to sing his songs because he was trying to just give people his songs. So he's like, oh well, you know, I might as well sing them. And that's kind of how I felt in the beginning. And so yeah, I just sing my own songs now. And but yeah, I don't know. I don't think of myself as a as a great, you know, as a, I mean, I think that it's my duty as a person who, I mean, I don't think I have a terrible voice, but it's just the person who has ideas, I feel like at song ideas and writes songs, I feel like it's my duty to like release them and show them to the world because it would be quite the injustice if I, if I didn't, I feel just like if Bowie didn't release his songs, it would be an injustice to the world. That's how I think of it. I don't think you realize um, what you just said, how impactful that is, because I'm the same as you. I don't think I'm good. I, I, you know, I have all these ideas and all these projects, and then I'll just put them on the shelf because I'm like, no, this is thing. I'm not, what right do I have to do this, you know? And you just, what you just said, it would be an injustice for me to not put some of these things out into the world. So, um, Mr. I've always wanted to be interviewed you just you just inspired me, Beth. Huh. Like you just made me feel like I need to get you know, I need to finish this this script and I need to put it out there because it's it's very autobiographical, and that's hard. I don't know if you write autobiographically, but when you when you're writing a film, sometimes when you're writing it, you have to. And I don't like the ending because my grandpa died. <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah. But I guess if I acknowledge that and then I tell people that beautiful story then I'm you know then there won't be an injustice and I I just can't believe you just said that like you just changed the perspective that I had coming into this so you need to start looking at yourself and realizing that you do have 
you know, have a, a big reach and you are very talented. Don't, don't go through life thinking that you're not that good. If you weren't that good, Pierre Bouvier would not care to make a record with you. Pierre Bouvier is not coming to my house to make a record with me. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I think everybody has their doubts about themselves, unfortunately. But, you know, it's just, you know, there's a difference between the John Doe who doesn't release his song, and then there's a difference between John Lennon, you know, who does, who, who, who has the courage to release it, and, you know, it's just, you know. I mean, you can see my face. I'm super emotional. Um, <laughs> so when this, you know, journey with PRN, who is the person that you would most, like, want to work with? I actually, well, you know, I would really love to work with Benny Blanco. I love, like, because, you know, all those songs, He, I mean, I was actually looking at a list of songs he wrote. And I want I think he's an incredibly talented producer. And I'd love, and also, before I, before I go on with Benny Blanco, but I'd also love to keep working with Pierre because, you know, he's my good buddy. We're like, we're pretty much best friends at this point. <laughs> and um, it's, he's easy to work with. We, we get each other, I feel. And yeah, but um, if I, if Pierre doesn't want to work, uh, then yeah, Benny Blanco would be my number one choice. I, I really admire the work he does with everybody. I mean, that's a, that's a long shot, probably, but you know, I, I I really I really like him, and also I think he's very funny on TikTok, so it gives me a, another reason. <laughs> well, I sort of told you a little bit about this when we chatted, but um, the, the funny thing about long shots is that sometimes they're not as far of a reach as you think, because I you I told you I love you know Brian Cranston, and I had this stupid idea and I was like I'm going to go to the film festival I'm going to meet Brian Cranston we're going to be best friends but I didn't realize that when you go to the film festival there's like 10,000 people there they all want Brian's attention and they want a signature and they want all this and it didn't happen and I was really hurt because I waited all day <laughs> and he went mm -hmm. the wrong way and the director across the street she mentors me now and she was like give me your number give me your information whatever and I didn't know it, but she had it in her head. Like, I'm going to put this bow and I'm in the room with Brian Cranston. And she did. And it changed my life. So I never, ever thought that I would have the opportunity to even, I just wanted to thank him for, you know, for the inspiration, for all that. And I got something that I yeah, treasure that I can't even, I can't even, still can't even fathom that it happened to me um, when I was in LA. Big time long shot. Um, I was walking, you know, that disgusting Burger King that's on the corner of like La Brea and Sunset? Uh, no, I'm not. I don't go to L.A. a lot, to be honest. Okay, fair enough. I was, <laughs> I was visiting a friend and she lived on, she lived on La Brea. And I, was I know where La Brea and Sunset is, though. So. I didn't know where I was going. And this car pulled me over. And the guy rolls down the window and he's like, hey, are you an actor? And he has sunglasses on. And I'm like, oh, no, it's a creep. And I'm like, nope. And I just kept walking. And he rolled down the window. He goes, excuse me. And I turn around. It's Quentin Tarantino. And that's why I get in the car. We start, he, said, he said, can you get in my car? Because we're holding up traffic. So I got in the car. And I was like, I don't know what he wants with me. you know. And he, it's same thing like with you with Pierre. He just he saw something. He liked it. And then we started talking. And I was like, you know, I'm, I was just, you know, bigger at the time. I was like, I'm trying to lose weight. And he was like, but I just stalked you as you are. 
So don't change for me. Don't change for this. Don't change for the industry. So all these things should never, ever happen to somebody like me. So when you say it's a long shot, it's not a long shot, Beckett. You, you are already doing, like, I'm blown away that you're working with Pierre, probably because Pierre comes from a city roughly two and a half hours from where I came from. And the chances of Pierre making it, super long shot, because we're totally. in Canada. And he made it, and now I almost want to cry, because he's paying it forward. You're right here. You're, you know, he's, he's working with you. And I know someday you're going to do that for somebody. Totally. And I think yeah. you're already doing it. You know, you explained um, what Weirdo meant to you on Instagram, but there's a lot of people who don't follow you on Instagram, which we'll fix that. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean to you to be a weirdo? Well, what it means, I don't know. I, it means to me, like, I feel like everybody's weird inside. They think they're weird. I mean, we're all weird. It's just how it is, you know? I mean, um, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it, it took me a while to come up with an answer. I just, I thought that it means like, I don't, I don't even, <laughs> I'm, I'm blanking now. I can't, um, but you know, it means like to be, to be yourself really is what it means. And to be, um, to, to try new things and to not care what people think of you and to, you know, to sing or to dance or uh, create art, you know, or just to do whatever it is you love to do, you know, and, and do it with pride instead of being self-conscious about it and caring what other people think, because, you know, and the, the reality is, the reality is in most situations, people don't care what you think, like they don't care. So, I mean, I mean, they care, but you know what I mean. They don't, they're, they're not going to, like, they're not going to go out of their way. Some people do. Some people just hate being alive, I guess, or, or miserable. But, you know, for the most part, I think it's all in our heads, you know. Most of it is all in, in our heads. And I just, you know, I think the song, hopefully it helps people realize that it's okay, you know. Everything will be okay. That's what I always say. <laughs> At 17 years old, you have the mindset that everything will be okay. Yeah, pretty much. That's mind-blowing because at 17 years old, I think, you're right, there are you are people who are miserable, and unfortunately, some of them really think that there's nothing to live for. Like, I've lost, you know, two of my best friends to, to suicide for nothing, and they weren't even really that weird. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. It's the people that you think are normal that are not okay. If you are normal, there's a problem. If you're normal, there's a problem. I like that. I, I just, I like you. You're, you're just. I think you're gifted. And <laughs> thank you. You know, who I'd like to see you collaborate with, and it's going to be somebody that you're talking like. No, I don't like John Mayer. I would love yeah. to do that. Like I actually him? saw. He was my. That was the. It was the third, second or third concert I ever went to. It was oh, John wow. Mayer. Uh, yeah. Um, no, it was probably the it was probably the third or uh, third or fourth, but I saw him at the forum um, probably when I was thirteen. Yeah. What's your favorite John Mayer song? A Vultures off Continuum. I, I'm actually not a, yeah, I, I like John Mayer. I, I really respect him, uh, but I, I'm not a, like a crazy fan. But my buddy, my best friend Luca, 
who I wrote some songs with and we've been best friends since we were like 12 years old. And he, uh, he, he was a diehard John Mayer fan and he's like, Hey, do you want to go? And I, I really love continuum the album and I love like free fall. His version of free falling is really beautiful. It's my but, favorite. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, yeah. John Mayer's cool. I really like, he's a great guitar player and yeah, I really admire him. I mean, it's hard not to admire anyone who comes from, you know, nothing and gets there. And yeah. I just, you know, when I used to listen to John Mayer and Simple Plan, my mom would be like, this is stupid. You know, John Mayer has a song, uh, I'm Never Speaking Up Again, or something like that. My Stupid Mouth. And in the song, he's like, I'm not talking anymore. And then he starts singing again. And my mom was like, this is so stupid. I hate this. My mom is up like, all night listening to John Mayer and and, and like yesterday she was singing I'm just a kid and I'm just like you don't like eventually it grows on people and, totally. and I think I think you're gonna grow on people I just want to make you grow on people faster because I think you're <laughs> like I don't know I just think you're brilliant oh if thank you, you ever collaborate I mean it might happen if you collaborate with Christina Aguilera you have to let me be in the video <laughs> <laughs> okay my girl I like I mean I you know, she actually she has one of the great voices of all time i would say yes her voice is really incredible i don't like i don't i'm not gonna lie i don't like i very much admire her but i can i couldn't name you a christine Aguilera song but you admire someone without knowing everything yeah but um no her voice is truly so same with uh mariah carey oh their, my gosh. their voices are just i can't sometimes i can't even believe it's a human making that noise well that's Whitney. <laughs> Oh, Whitney's the best. My yeah. my favorite out of all of them is Amy Winehouse. Oh, that 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 was a terrible, terrible loss what? for the. That was a terrible loss for the for the music Awful. industry and for just for entertainment in general because it really all goes together. Like you can't make a film without a song. That song had there has to be a song. There's only the song that's like about your life. Oh, and what time for many many years you probably haven't heard it. Maybe you have. Simple plan. Perfect. For years, that was my song, and I played yeah. it. In I just That's... found out like last week that Chuck wrote most of it. Yeah. And so now I'm like, I need to know why you wrote this, and I asked him to come on, and he's like, Okay, and he'll be here next week. And I'm like, Yes. I don't know what I'm gonna ask him, but <laughs> get there. Um, I think, yeah. um, to my understanding, I think Chuck had a, a rougher time growing up than Pierre. Pierre actually had quite a happy childhood. And so, and Pierre, like, if you meet him, he's the happiest, jolliest dude, and he's so sweet, and he's so selfless, and he'll do anything. Like, he, he, he was my, he was, a, he's a, he's a rock star, but he was uh, my assistant during the music videos. He was, like, holding my coffee and holding up the lights and all that. Um, he's just so selfless. And, and um, but he told, I was like, who hurt you as a child? Because all these songs are, like, you know, I'm a dick, I'm a dick, you know, or just like, you know, perfect, you know, all of them are just like something like, um, I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare, like, you know, they're all like negative, I'm like, who hurt you, and he's like, well, actually, most of the lyrical ideas came from Chuck, That's at least on the, like, the darker songs, I think, I, I don't know for sure, that's just what he said, I mean, so. Dad, I mean, Chuck, to me, I like you've never met him. I've never met him either. But what I've seen of Chuck, 
he's such a like much like what, how you described here, a very selfless person. And I know he has a son, and he seems like a great dad. So you know, if he had a rough childhood, it's possible that he's redeeming himself by by being a great dad. But yeah, totally. you're right. the, the lyrics are super. Some of them are super depressing. Like yeah, like. There's one song where one day I won't take this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was we were me and Pierre were laughing about it. Oh no, Pierre was not laughing at his own music. Not a, no 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 not no just because I was like who hurt you? Mm. Not because of Chuck's or whoever's I don't know right. you know I don't really I don't know too much about their songwriting program pro, uh, process I just know that. Has Pierre like, rapped for you yet? Pierre's rapped. Um, you know, it's funny. Pierre doesn't like rap that much. That's like, not true. That's a lie. When he used to tour, he used to sing it every every show. If when the pimp's in the crib, drop it like it's hot, and he was so. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He likes he likes he likes the older stuff. But even that, he doesn't. I, don't, I think he kind of lies about liking it because like he wants to be cool. I, I'm kidding, but um, I'm <laughs> no. I, I think he really likes he really likes that '90s rap, which I, that's my favorite too. But like I played, I was playing uh, that Eminem and Juice World song Godzilla, and because I was showing him because the flow in that song is really interesting because Eminem is like very like jagged and sharp, and he he's like attacking. He's kind of a atta- like I can swallow a bottle of alcohol and a anyway. I can, I'm a terrible rapper, don't. But um. um <laughs> He he's very like bing da 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 da, and then Juice World comes in. He's like monster. It's like a it's like a very slow kind of beat, and it kind of it's really interesting how that song flows. And anyway, I was showing him it, and he, or I wasn't even it was on the stereo at at his house, and I was showing somebody it, and then Pierre's like, "What is this crap? Turn it off!" And then hit, and we're just like, "What is this?" Anyway, Eminem, I think what I what I would say he does he punches with his voice. Totally. Every time he, it's like punch, punch to get hit. And also somebody who had like a tremendously difficult time, you know, getting to where he is. So when he's, when he's singing, he's, he's punching metaphorically everything that ever kind of, you know, went against him. Totally. Yeah. And that actually, now that you say he's actually another dream person, I would love to collab with Eminem. I, I, I do love Eminem. And, you know, Honestly, any of those guys would be so cool. Dre or Snoop or um, Ice Cube, you know, any like. Ice be- Cube. <laughs> I just can't believe you know Ice Cube. I just because none of my friends, I know all the old stuff because, I mean, I you know I was my grandpa's shadow. I went everywhere with him, and he would you know listen to old stuff. So I know like ABBA. All oh yeah, ABBA- I know ABBA. You'd be surprised. So we were. One time we were sitting with, um, oh gosh, I'm going to forget the name. We were sitting with the guy who wrote, I think it's, I can't remember the names, but you know the guys who wrote all those old 50 songs like Hound Dog and Jailhouse Rock? They wrote all of like everybody's songs during that one period, and I'm so sorry I'm forgetting their name. But we were sitting with, we're sitting with one of them, and you know the song Hound Dog was originally written, I was 10 years old at the time. And Hound Dog was originally written for big, uh, an, a blues artist called Big Mama Thornton. And she was this really, really cool, like, pre-rock and roll blues lady. And she was like a 
incredible, just really incredible voice and really cool. And I, I knew that obviously I knew that that song was written for her. And the guy, I was 10 years old. I was playing my phone at the table and I was like, and the guy goes, Hey Beckett, do you know who originally wrote Hound Dog? And I, I didn't even look up. I was like, Big Mama Thornton. And the <laughs> And the dude almost flew back in his chair. He was like, what? How did that kid know that? There's a lot of things that, like, you learn when you talk to musicians. For example, um, Michael Jackson has a song. It's called Ben. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's a famous song. That song was written for Donny Osmond, but mm. Donny couldn't, he couldn't do it at the time, so they gave it to Michael. And wow. I used to book for a radio show, and I booked Donnie, which was the only celebrity they ever got, because I quit. <laughs> uh, I booked Donnie on the show when he released his 50th album, and he, he told me, you know, Ben was, was written for, for Michael, for me, and, and they gave it to Michael. And so to, to pay homage to, to Michael on the 50th album, he sang it. And I was like, that's really sweet, because I think... I mean, as much as Elvis, Michael Jackson revolutionized music. We won't, we wouldn't have the music we have today if, we, if those people didn't come along and do change something along the way, kind of thing. Totally. And I think you have that quality too. And I don't think you realize it because you just told me like five minutes, ten minutes, I don't know, that you don't really think that you're that great. And I just, it's kind of mind blowing because I hear the song. I played it for my mom, and even my mom was like, he gets it. I sent it to a friend of mine, and she was like, holy crap. Like, everybody is hearing this song. And I know you didn't write it, but you can't write something. You can't sing something that you don't feel. Like, if you don't exactly, really Yeah. And I wouldn't, I would not have, I would have not, I would not have sang it if I didn't agree with it or feel like it, it meant something to me, you know? Have you I, ever? I did, I did, I did write, I, I wrote. I wrote this part though. I wrote the sound of my guitar. But I wrote No there like you it's because you have something that they want but what they don't realize is that you either struggle to get it or you fought to get it and that's totally yeah that's what I say like to my girlfriend too like when people like will be like you know people are so mean on internet they're like oh you're ugly but I say to her every time one she's not I know she's not but um I always say to her I'm like don't let that get to you because they're literally just jealous of because they they feel insecure about themselves because most hate is just insecurity. Mm-hmm. Her name is Lana, right? Yeah, You're Lana. Like, Lana. Yeah. I I seen a picture and I I was like she's gorgeous, like she's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, she like, is. Beauty is also something that comes from you know within, and if you you could be the most beautiful physically person in the world, but if you don't have a good heart, what's the point? Totally, right? I agree. That's what I say to Lana. I always say to her, um, and I never, like, I didn't date her. Obviously, I'm not dating her for her looks. I'm like, I'm just lucky that you're beautiful, too. <laughs> she's <laughs> beautiful inside and outside, and that's why. Yeah, I have a friend. She's Her name is CJ Perry. She's an actress, and she used to wrestle for WWE. 
and her uh, in ring name was Lana. And I thought that was <laughs> because she's one of the most beautiful people physically. And people were always hate on her. And they would bully her and call it ugly and stupid and all this. And she's not. She's like a stunner. But she's so beautiful on the inside, but they didn't give her a chance. They didn't want to see it. They were just so focused on, like, what she looked like. For for yeah. Halloween, I dressed up for a joke as uh, someone that I know, uh, Mandy. And she shared it on Twitter. She thought this was a great idea. And then I had people messaging me, overwhelmingly positive. And then, like, 10% were like, oh, you're ugly. Oh, you're fat. Oh, you're this. And sometimes yeah. it's really hard to ignore, the, you know, that 10%. But it seems like you figured it out. Usually that 10% is like sitting at a desk at 3 in the morning, eating a bucket of chicken wings, sitting at a computer, because that's all they do all day, you know? That's what I think, like, on my videos on YouTube or whatever, I'll, I'll like, I'll notice that, like, 150 people liked it, and, like, 16 people disliked it. You know all 16 people who disliked it have to comment about it, because the, the problem with social media is that it gives people like that the the – it gives them kind of the power to just say, you know, back in like, like back in the day, like if you said something to Mike Tyson's yeah, face, was a kid. yeah, exactly. Or like when, or like even like the nineties, like if you said something, if you, you had to say it to the person's face, you couldn't just like hide behind a screen, you know, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be calling Mike Tyson a fat old dude if, uh, if he was sitting right in front of you, would you? <laughs> You know, yeah, well, he probably wouldn't be, you know, accusing Tom Brady of deflating balls if he was right in front of you. He's like, hey, can I get your, here's a pen. Can I get your autograph? Because that's how the are. You're right. You're very yeah. right. So I'm trying to think, like, there's so many songs that are, like, popular on TikTok right now. How many of them can you sing? How many of them could I sing? Probably none of them. I just, I'm so bad at, like, keeping up with the songs. <laughs> Have you done the... I mean, I still have to do my weirdo challenge. Have you done the classic challenge? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you don't know the song classic? Sorry. No, I don't think so. I think you've probably heard it. You still remember it. Yeah, probably. That's actually the most most of the time. That's the case. And like, do you like Hunter Hayes? Uh, I don't know who. I I know I know who that is. I just don't. I don't. I don't know any songs. You don't know any songs. Well. I'm going to tell him that. No, no, I'm not. He, he would be very offended, probably. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really glad that you did this because um, it's your first interview, and I think that made me a little nervous. <laughs> I'm chatting anyway. But I'm excited for the next, you know, the next thing, Weirdo. I'm going to promote the crap out of it on all my socials. If that's oh, well, thank you. And, um, like, you know, if Pierre Bouvier decides to listen to this, I really hope he brings you on tour as an opening act because he's going to need one when he goes back to the U.S. <laughs> Coming to Canada. Yeah, actually, I was supposed to open for him in Anaheim, but the show oh, got wow. canceled. Yeah. Yeah, because of COVID. Yeah, it got canceled. Like, yeah, that was probably, what month is it? November? September. Yeah, it was September. Um, yeah, I... I have a show coming up in Santa Barbara, December 21st, I believe, at okay. at the Soho House or Soho. I can't remember the name. But, yeah, I think that's the 21st of December. And who's that with? Just you? Uh, it's with my friend Olivia Wilhite. Will, oh, God, how do you pronounce it? Will, Wilhite? Will it? I think Will it. Uh, <laughs> she, she, uh, she's also uh, a great – she's a really nice person and um, – 
she asked me to do it. Uh, yeah, she has a song called Runaway Man. That's really cool. Sounds fun. It's got like four million downloads, which is really oh. cool because she just she just put it out there and it just you know clicked. And, I yeah. Stores will click as soon as we can get it out of the simple plan kind of um, orbit because we have a huge fan base. But the problem with that fan base is a lot of them are like older and they're super like they know they've just already decided what they like and they're totally. I'm not like yeah. That. <laughs> I think yeah. I don't know. I think um, you know I, I I've released it independently. Um, and, uh, once like labels come, cause you know, labels are a big part of it too. They push it like they, they, cause you know, um, they'll put like millions of dollars into promoting it and stuff. And, you know, I just, I, I can't obviously as a uh, release, uh, independent artist, I don't, I can't do that. So I think, um, basically we're, we're going to let it not, we're going to let it like sit a little bit in December cause that's when everything closes and mid January it'll will start um i probably released my second song either before um maybe in the, i don't know you know i just don't really know that's the that's kind of the fun part of it you don't really know it's up to the people now to decide does it have a name the next song my second song it's yeah. called um uh yeah it's called wildfire oh that sounds pretty yeah, it's uh, it's it's not it's not really a pretty song. It's more of like a rock and roll. No, it's it's a I love it. It's one of my favorite songs. It's like one of the most fun songs to drive a car, turn it up super loud and drive a car to, like drive around with it. It's just you know it's it's one of those like um, I don't know. I, it's like uh, what uh, I can't. I'm trying to remember the song we because usually how me and Pierre work is like we'll we'll come up with a vibe first. So like for one of our songs. You know that Charlie Poop song, Attention? Mm-hmm. We, uh, I love the bass line, and I think it's a great hook bass line. And, um, Charlie Poop is, like, really ridiculously, like, stupid talented. Like, he turns on the light switch, and he's like, oh, this is great for a song. Like, how do you do that? Totally. <laughs> he's, he's, well, you know, he has perfect pitch, and it's, like, crazy. Anyway, but um, we, uh, we wrote, so we, basically we, we came up with a, Obviously, we didn't rip him off. We didn't steal his bass line. But we came up with a really cool bass line for a song. And that's, like, how we get inspiration for writing stuff. It's, like, I'll send Pierre, like, 10 or 12 songs and be like, hey, what, do, what if we do a song like this? Or what if, We have a song called Pale Blue Eyes that was um, uh, a lot of influenced off of uh, Louis Capaldi's one. Uh, what's that song called? Uh, uh, why am I but someone, someone you love? Or, yeah. I love Louis Capaldi's song. His most famous one. Used to be okay. someone you loved. You know that one? I can't remember. Um, I'm so bad with titles. <laughs> um, I can't remember the names of anybody's songs. Um, yeah, and I could go on. I mean, we have one song called Lost in Crystal Canyons, which is, uh, it, it's like an ode to the Beatles, kind of, and, you know, just musically anyway. But, you know. It really sounds like you guys went from, like, with the like you know the music like it's all it sounds like it's very eclectic it's not just one thing totally yeah that's what we love about it too is like each song is so different yet they all work together that's, that's what that's what you know is. yeah totally you're not gonna i don't think you're gonna be bored listening to it 
at all. I don't think there's a, a dud on the album. I don't want to promote Pierre during their interview, but when they released the concept art for the antidote, I was like, why, why is he put, why are there pills? Like, I didn't know what the song was because there was no title on it. And then when I heard the song, I was like, oh, I get it. Like, music is Ken for some people. Actually, be, I think, more of a medicine than any medication that any sort of doctor. 100%. Yeah, it was for me. It's it's really life-saving, honestly. Like, for me, I would uh, 100% unequivocally, I would not be here if film didn't exist and I couldn't watch you know, on the worst day of my life, I can watch Robert De Niro do something stupid or shoot somebody because it's like I'm watching him shoot. Well, it's like I'm thinking, you know, of him shooting somebody that I don't like, which that sounds really bad. So for anyone who's listening, um, Marlon Brando says that we watch film in the dark so that we can, like, you know, that's your girl that you're kissing on the screen. That's the person you don't like is getting beat up. It's the same thing kind of in music. Like when you're singing about that person who's, who bullied you or who hurt you or whatever, there's always somebody who listens to that song and you're like, that's me, that's my song. And Hunter Hayes has a song, and I hate to smell Hunter again. <laughs> it's called, It's My Song Too. And um, I had a friend who, who passed away and he was a musician. And sometimes his songs will come on on my Spotify. And then it's like, at that punch, cause he's gone. And when I heard that song, from Hunter, I was like, it's, it's my song too. Like, my friend is gone, but every time I hear that song, he keeps living for three minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful thing about you loving Elvis Presley. He was dead a long before you discovered who he was, but for those three minutes, he's living. And yeah, he's he, in your ear. He's living for you. And it's, you, I just think you're such a, like, a spectacularly talented, beautiful human and I don't mean that like I'm not hitting on you so I don't want Lana to come to my door with a machete <laughs> no I just think you're a beautiful human and I really hope that that's something that you know and if you don't know that you will soon you know start to accept about yourself because what you're doing is hard I used to sing like I said and um, I quit because my dad told me that it's stupid and now when I sing I sound like a dead cat or like a cat in me or something so I just don't do it but I'm so glad that you didn't do that and that you had, of all people, Pierre Bouvier being like, I want to, I want you to make music. I want to make music with you. I don't, to my knowledge, he hasn't really done that with anyone. Yeah, I'm kind of his first, uh, his, I took his, uh, I took his producing virginity for sure. <laughs> actually, it's not true. He re- I mean, we recorded our stuff before, but he actually released a song with Chad Tepper before we released Weird Up. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chad's a really cool dude, too. We've been hanging out a bunch. That is nuts. Chad and Pierre together are nuts. Yeah, they're pretty funny. They're pretty funny. It's, it's, a, it's a bromance. It's a bromance for sure. I feel like Lachelle is like, I think he loves him more than me. <laughs> I think Lachelle might love him more than Pierre. No, I'm kidding. Really? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally teasing. Lachelle seems like a, a beautiful, she's beautiful and she's like a great human too. I'm sure she, I mean, she wanted to drink wine for your celebration, so she must be really proud of you. And then you Yeah, no, they're, they're my second, they're like my second family. They're, they're really great people and I love them dearly. Aww. And uh, yeah. I think that's beautiful that you love the people that you're collaborating with and that you see them as family. 
and I hope it stays that way for the rest of what will be, uh, I'm sure, a long career. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And I, uh, I hate to break it to uh, Lana, but when when you get nominated for a Grammy, I'm I'm inviting myself as your plus one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the song is called Weirdo. By the time this airs, your video will be out, so I'll be you know showing everybody to go check it out, whatever, get hit. Yeah. Uh, so what your socials are? The Beckett Art Aria. Yeah, my, so it's it's kind of a mess up. <laughs> I, we were trying. We were trying to get all my socials to be the same thing, but like everybody has my. For some reason, Beckett official was taken, and Be- this is Beckett on Instagram was taken. But anyway, so my my Instagram is Beckett Rex, one word, and the reason it's Beckett Rex is because Elvis is the king, and in Latin, my mom came up with this when I was ten years old. In Latin, Rex means king, so Be- it's really Beckett King, which is an uh, uh, homage to Elvis, but um. And then my TikTok and everything else uh, is this. It's all one word. This is Beckett. B-E-C-K-E-T-T. So now I know where to find you. Yeah. You make some stalkers. You make it some crazy fangirls who are going to attack your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I, already oh. get, I already get some, uh, not crazy people, but um, some. Uh, <laughs> say they're crazy. Let's be real. Yeah, they're pretty crazy. Some some fun fan. I'm just gonna call them fun fans on because of my dad, you know, Clockwork Orange, and it's uh, it's already a, it's like you know that counterculture, like weirdo. It kind of appeals to um, the people who don't. I mean, it should appeal to everybody, but it, it, it countercult. Not weirdo's not necessarily counterculture, but it, it you know it's it's bringing light to those who uh, who feel left out and stuff. And so does in a in a in a weird way. So does Clockwork Orange. It's it's a a movie about free will, and yeah. So anyway, I get I get quite the interesting uh, messages, mostly in Russian actually, uh, about how much they love my dad and me and how they want to marry me and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. You tell them uh, I can't marry you. Uh no, probably not. But you know, my anyway. But yeah, so it's uh it's exciting to be doing this. I'm so it's cool. You're my first interview. It's cool for me too because I like to talk to people who are sort of like me. Like I'm a weirdo, whatever. I'm weird, and I'm okay with that. Quentin Tarantino is weird. They told him that he was too ugly to ever you know make a movie. Now they can't pay him enough to make a movie. So, like, maybe we should start embracing those people who we think are strange and giving them I think more- every – sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, you didn't. Go ahead. I think every artist has to be a little bit weird and messed up to be an artist, you know? There has 100%. to be something. There has to be something wrong with you, <laughs> you know? I don't know. If I, I think – I thought I was perfect. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> the, well, that's the beauty of it. There are, people's imperfections actually makes them perfect. You are so wise, and I love talking to you here, and I love, you know, messaging you and, and reading your, your stuff, and I'm just, I'm like obsessed with you. You're like my new obsession in terms of music. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've talked your ear off because I do that. That's my weird quirk, I guess. Anytime. So, <laughs> anytime. So when you release the next single, you come back, we'll talk about that. Yeah. How does that sound? Sounds good? Perfect. 
Awesome. It sounds perfect. Yes, next time, I dare you to bring Pierre and tell him to his face that you think he's an old man. Gibson just gave me this. Shout out to Trey. He uh, he set me up. Um, it's a beautiful guitar. Yeah, it's a Gibson Hummingbird. Next time you got to talk to me about my my guitars, I can chat your ear all day about guitars. I'm kind of a nut about it. Well, then, yeah, we have to schedule more chats because we like the same stuff. Yeah. But anyway, this is a really beautiful guitar they just gave me, and thank you, Gibson, for that. And I got to make a video about it because I haven't yet, but. Anyway, yeah, here's Weirdo uh, out on uh, Spotify. I don't. I feel bad because I don't know every platform it's out on, so I'm just gonna say uh, out on everything. It's on Spotify and it's on iTunes and that I know of, and it's on Amazon Music. Yeah, and I think it's on some European one too. I can't remember the name. But anyway, uh, here's Weirdo out on. I'm just gonna say all platforms and YouTube and all that. So, and then the music video comes out tomorrow. But anyway, here's Weirdo. <clears throat> hey yo. Go without the window. 
But I decided that I'm going to be generous and give you two weeks worth of interviews. Next week on the show, I have somebody that I admire. Wow. Tremendously amazing writer, amazing drummer, Chuck Como of Simple Plan. So it's like a big Simple Plan two weeks. And you know, I kind of like that because I feel like all my plans are so complicated. But really, if I would just shut up and just do things, the plan would be so simple. So I'm so excited to chat with um, with Chuck Como of Simple Plan next week. And I hope you guys are going to love that, too, because I've never you know, interviewed a drummer. And I almost don't know what to ask him, but also have like 500,000 questions. So I'm going to have to try to fit those in real briefly because... Chuck is busy doing press for their new song, The Antidote, which you haven't, which you may not have heard. If you haven't heard The Antidote, it is on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. Check it out. I'm a huge Simple Plan fan for life. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much it. So this podcast, as always, is, you know, um, sponsored by the TV12 <laughs> TV 12, Mr. In the Lead for MVP, by the way. Um, yeah, so there's that. Officially sponsored by Michael Solberg, Family Wines. As always, I shout out my friends. Simon doesn't really like me, Simon from the Asia Features podcast, to, um, to shout out my friends for free. But my friends do a lot of things for me. So shout out to my friend Tom. You know him better as Baron Corbin. Check out his Etsy shop, Ignorant underscore Gentleman. Lots of great stuff there. And I want to do a shout out for my girls, Daria Bardnetto and Amanda Sacamano, also known as Sonny Javille and Mandy Rose. They have a donut shop pop-up coming up at Peter Pan's Donuts in New York City or Brooklyn, to be specific, on the 20th, if you're in the New York area, go. These girls are awesome. These protein donuts are awesome. So just go. Just be there. You'll have a great time. You get to meet two awesome girls. And you just, you know, just have a great day. So thank you so much for tuning in again and listening to me sound like I talk into a tin can because I, you know, had a blonde moment. Um, it happens, guys. It just happens. I wish this was like film, you know, where you screw up and then you're like, I can fix it. But no, once the interview's over, it is done like dinner. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for you. Um, my name is Melanie, officially with two L's, because they finally put it like that on, on my IMDb, which is like mind blowing to me. I've been waiting for them to fix it for like a few years now. But no, it's fixed. So it's official. I don't have to, you know, <laughs> I don't have to explain to people why my government name and my professional name are two different things. Maybe I'll explain that to you guys one day if somebody asks a question. Of course, I can't leave without saying hello and goodbye to Bobby, who wants to be on the show and is not coming on the show. <laughs> um, I think I covered just about everything. Um, again, I should have said this at the beginning. I didn't, but I'm saying it now. If you listen to this on the host website, click out and just like go hit on it on Spotify. Give it a hit for me, please. Or go over to iTunes, leave a comment. It helps 
also available on SoundCloud and iHeartRadio, so you can go listen to it everywhere. It's everywhere. I'm everywhere. I am in your ears. I'm infesting your ears. I'm like Eminem. I'm interesting. The best thing since resting, infesting, in your kids' ears and nesting. You know, I should be a rapper. No, I shouldn't. Um, that is all for me, and I am going to close out the show by saying, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still an idiot. Bye.